Good comedy lives and dies on adapting with the times. There's a lot changing in 2019 in the world of stand-up. There's new voices, new audiences, a whole new generation of comics. The new comedy now is more reflective of broader society. So are the so-called days of the Comedy Boys Club actually over? I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There we go. Feel it in the studio. I am Dean Young. This is Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. God is a woman. I was trying to dance during that, and I don't know if our guests were maybe watching me do that, but I am the most uncoordinated gay man on the planet, I feel like, right now. I have zero moves. I have zero charisma at all. Alison Dorr is back in studio just like nodding in agreement Yeah. with that. <laughs> I looked away. You looked from away. From dancing because I felt sad for all of us. Yeah, yeah. it was. It's, it's cringeworthy. Absolutely. Alison Dorr, our returning friend of the show, is back. We're going to get into, we're talking howl and roar tonight on uh, Jokes. Yes. The newest comedy record label taken over Canada, I will say. It all starts right here in Toronto. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Al, we're going to get into on tonight's show all about what Howl and Roar is all about, how this whole thing started, because uh, there's really only a couple of comedy record labels in this country, and yeah. you have now brought one of them to the table, doing something quite a bit different as well. Absolutely, something yeah. Something that did we're not the exist. Third You're the third. Comedy record label, but the only female-centric. The only female-centric comedy label. So, of course, we do have, we'll mention comedy records. They've been on the show before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now there is 604 Records out on the West Coast. Founded by Chad Kroger. They added a comedy imprint. They added a comedy imprint. And you can take or leave the Nickelback part of it. I don't know. Uh, But we're going to get into Howl and Roar tonight and what this whole thing is about. We have Natalie Norman in studio with us. First time. Hi. First time on the show. Yes, applaud for me, please. I will clap for that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm amazing. We have a whole studio audience today. Uh, Natalie Norman, and of course, another returning friend of the show, Kyle Brownrigg, is with us once again. Hello. I believe, yeah, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? You were dancing to Ariana Grande, but I, I was, was like lip syncing for my life over here. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love it. Like Shantae, listen, I stay. You know what I'm I, I love it. I just started getting into Ariana Grande. Uh, I'm probably not the intended audience. I don't know. Everyone. Ariana is everyone? for everyone. Okay. But you know what? I was saying before we started the show, Natalie Norman, I was saying that Thank You Next, which is, of course, another big hit of hers right now. And a great song. It's a great song. You said it's not for me. But well, what, you were because you were complaining about it. You I wasn't were, complaining. Yes, you were. You said it should be thirty seconds, what, which there is was a absurd. Point. No, I was saying that song should be thirty minutes. It should. Don't get me wrong. I play that song a lot more than I should admit on the radio. Uh, but that song could have ended in the first part when she was like uh, talking about Big Sean. When she's like, I thought he was the one. That's it. That's he no, was we the need only to know. One, okay, well, that's your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and I'll, you're new. Right? You're yeah. new to talking about hot guys. You didn't talk That's about it true. for a long time. So maybe well, you're just not... Just internally, I did. Yeah. But Pete but, Davidson, but though, he has sort of like a I like Pete. Tim Burton sexiness to him yeah. you know, with the dark circles <laughs> under his eye. He's bringing right? that whole like Gerard Way, My Chemical <laughs> Romance look back a Absolutely. Bit, you know? Yes. And I mean, I like, how could you not like Pete as a person, right? I mean, I cannot like a lot of. I people. could take or leave. I, well, <laughs> yeah. that's true. I could take or leave his his really? appearances on on Saturday Night Live because I'm not exactly sure what he does. Like, he does a lot of things with Weekend Update, but like, he doesn't. Like, I'm not quite. He's just kind of there. He's kind of like the groundskeeper of Saturday Night Live. Like, I'm not really <laughs> sure what's happening there. But yes, he's very cute, and he got his he he got his teeth fixed, and he looks 
looks really good. Oh, did he? What did he do to those? Oh, nothing. It's just like they just look better. Like they're more like <laughs> oh, okay. straightened and like, yeah. He, great. he also did a segment with Tan from Queer Eye where they went shopping together. Oh, and they did? And oh, it's adorable. It like, it's ador- lovely. But the suggestions that he was bringing to Tan France was yeah. so bad. They were like these fluorescent pink, like, sweaters <laughs> with, like, pinstripe pants. And he's like, what do you think? And then Tan was like, I, I, uh, uh, and he just had, like, a stroke because he didn't know how to process it. Anyway. Well, that's good for Pete, though. Good for Pete. I mean, but yeah. we're going to talk about God is a woman. Do you agree, Alison? <laughs> I am an atheist, so okay. no. Also, I think if there was a God, why would it? Why do we think it would be a human engendered? Yeah, that's true. It would transcend all of us. We couldn't even fathom. Okay, you know what? It was just supposed to be a fun song. But you asked me if I thought God was a woman. No, and, I wanted to play no. that because, yes, you did. So Howl and Roar, mm-hmm. and I want to get into how and why this whole thing came about. And it's fairly new. You really only launched this. We launched in September, yeah. and our first album came out at the beginning of January. And your first album was who? Kate Davis? Kate Davis, House Arrest. Yeah. And then yesterday, uh, our second album came out. Which dropped, is, we say. Dropped, yeah. which is uh, Fart says, Monster. By, yeah, sorry, coming sorry, up. No, thank you. I love it. Uh, Fart so- Monster by Jillian English. Fart Monster. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So what what was your whole, and we'll get into this more after the break, of course, but how, was this, Howl and Roar starting, was this just something you were kind of, and obviously you've been in stand-up for years, you've been in radio for years, mm-hmm. was this something you were kind of standing around watching and going, well, why doesn't this exist yet? No. I, I program a comedy show celebrating yeah. women in comedy, and I could not believe how many women that should have albums don't. And I just yelled at them for like a year. I was like, what is everyone's problem? Record stuff. And we're, it's different now. We're in a content driven kind of society yeah. now. And a lot of comics still have this idea that it's the 70s and what a, you have to be Richard Pryor to have an album. And it's like, what are you talking about? You have to have content. And there is money streams that people aren't taking advantage of, there is attention people aren't taking advantage of. And so I like yelled at women for a long time. And then I just realized like. <laughs> like comedians or just women in general? <laughs> just on the street. Sometimes just women on the street, but mostly comedians. And uh, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I, I can make it really easy. And I know what they're up against. I know when I released my album, I hated everything about it. Yeah. And I was overwhelmed and I didn't want to do it. And I think there are unique attitudes that women face. And so I was just like, I'm just going to help them do it. And then it snowballed and got way bigger than I thought it would. Yeah, and actually you made an interesting point that I want to come back to after the break. We will be right back on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Alan Park, and you've got your radio on right now, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on your radio on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tonight, we are talking Howl and Roar, the comedy record label that is female-centric, female-focused. Mm-hmm. Alison Dore, of course, who launched that label, is here in studio with us again. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Natalie Norman. 
Hi. Also recorded under that label, and of course, Kyle Brown Reagan Studio as well. Hello. And actually, before the break, uh, if listeners are just tuning in, shame on you because the show has already started. Uh, but you were talking about how, yeah, we're living in a content-driven society. Mm-hmm. And attention spans are shorter, too. I mean, that's yeah. something that is we can't really overlook in comedy. I mean, it's hard to get people to sit down and watch a full special or stream a full album or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. people want bite-sized content. But you made an interesting point, too, though, before the break that comics, so many, you found so many comics, especially female comics, who have been around for years, headlining everywhere, doing all the festivals, and for some reason just hadn't cut an album. Mm-hmm. And there is this idea still, this pervasive idea in comedy that, like, it's not time for an album yet. Yes. And it's you see these comics that are like, you have to be around 40 years before you do your first, which is well, silly because we don't live in that climate anymore. We don't. And and the other thing is, I think women, uh, a, a headliner in the States said this recently that, and I think it's really true, is that women constantly have to prove themselves in comedy. Yeah. Whereas men, it's like once you have a great show and you establish that you're funny, um, you're just funny now. And if you have mm-hmm. a bad show, people go, yeah, I'll, he bombed tonight, but he's really funny. Yeah. Whereas women, you bomb and it's back to, you. no women are funny. You're yeah. not funny. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in it. And so I think women have a, a special hurdle to get over where they never feel like they're worthy of an album. And they never feel like, and obviously there are exceptions to this. But I think there is this underlying subconscious feeling of, oh, I'm not good enough yet. Um, and so, Fine think that but i'm gonna come in and go yeah you are let's do this so for you it was more about giving people a platform to record on and to release on versus you're not building like a label of these are my rostered comics on this and that's no it. yeah yeah one thing i do not like <laughs> there about, is a lot of that yeah, yeah. one thing i do not <laughs> i liked it yeah because i don't like in canadian comedy there's very much if you play with me you're not allowed to play with anyone else oh 100 everyone does it and so that's my thing. And we have two people that I'm working with in studio right now. And my whole thing is like, look, we're we're partnered for this album and I'm going to give you everything. But after this, if you don't want to make another album with me, you don't have to. Yeah. You want to make an album with someone else, come back and make an, uh, your third album with me. Let's do it. Because I don't own you. You want to, yeah. you know what? Work with whoever you want. Do whatever you want. I just think you're funny. I would be honored to work with you on this. Let's do this. Which is so true because it is this weirdly like old school studio mentality yeah. of like this is who you are signed up to. This is who you belong to. Yeah. And that's it. It's so crazy, especially in Canada because we have such a finite amount of avenues to go down in showbiz in the first place. Well, only because we've been convinced that those finite that avenues we only are the can. only avenues. That's right. The, and Boo! I, make your own avenue! It's Pay totally true. You can record your own things. You can build your own tours. You can launch your own clubs. I mean, we're seeing so much of that happen more than ever right now because mm-hmm. that idea that like yeah, you just belong in someone's pocket and that's it forever. I mean, Ew. everybody in this country is struggling to build something in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that whole it'd be like going up to actors and saying you can only do TV shows on city TV and that's it for the rest of your life. You yeah. can't act anywhere else even though you're trying in a country like Canada to like pay your bills off of showbiz. It's it, so it, crazy. it literally doesn't make sense in any other industry, in any other country, it doesn't make sense. So I, I'm not playing that game. I won't play that game. That's right. We're breaking those walls down right mm-hmm. here right now with Howl and Roar. And of course, Natalie and Kyle have both recorded with you. Yes, their albums are in post-production. <laughs> I want to say Kyle is, because initially it was going to be a female exclusive Yep. Yeah. Um, label. And then uh, a mutual friend of ours was like, you know, Kyle wants to record an album. And I was like, oh, I want to do Kyle's album. <laughs> 
And so that's when it changed from female exclusive to female centric. So 80% of our output is is focused on women. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to make space. And I, I do feel like, um, you know, there are very few uh, gay male comics in particular that are professionals that are touring. And yeah. so I do feel like this, there's... In this whole country, there's five yeah, five. S- like professional. Yeah, yeah. So like that means that twenty percent of them are here right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, even like, and even recording content about that. I mean, off the top, of my who can you even think of is Andrew Johnston. Really? Yeah. That's it. Like actually doing an album focused on. So I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Andrew Johnston, Ted Morris. Yeah. Um. Uh, I also scooped up Ted Morris. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yes, you did. Um. So you have forty percent of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, myself. Darcy Michael, I've never met Darcy, but yeah. Darcy. Um, Trevor Boris doesn't do stand-up comedy anymore. Richard Ryder, I never see him anymore. Um, True, I guess yeah. Phil Luzzi, but he's more of an actor than he is like a touring stand-up. So yeah, like there's really not like a large number of professional gay male stand-up comedians that are not necessarily like household names. I mean, this is Canada, but uh, <laughs> but like uh, even working j- w- exactly. It yeah yeah, and representation matters. Well, and that's the interesting thing, too, that you kind of touch on there. We've talked about this a million times on the show, but that whole, like, quote-unquote, building a household name thing in Canada, because they're really... You guys all know this firsthand when you're in stand-up in Canada and somebody finds out you're a stand-up comic, it's like, oh, my God, do you know Russell? That's the first thing everybody says, and that's it. That's the name that people know in Canada Not still, Not my right? friends. <laughs> yeah. Just street people, Natalie. <laughs> Just people at bars and such. So, yeah, it's about giving people this platform that just wasn't there before. So for you, Al, for this, for Howlin' Roar, what's it all about? You go in, you set up the venue, you set up the live show, you record the album, put it out into the universe, and that's just on to the next one? Um, On to the next one, but still continuing to promote the ones that have already come. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it depends on, like with Ted, he had already set up his own show, his own recording. And so in that case, I've kind of... Um, we met when it was already set up, so I didn't have to set up a show and, and all that kind of stuff, but I do whatever needs to be done. Um, and then I have an amazing sound engineer, Matt, we met, uh, Emmy nominated and, um, yeah, I like to drop that. <laughs> Wait, Matt's nominated. What was he nominated for an Emmy for? He does a lot of work for Nickelodeon and Disney, oh. and uh, yeah, does a lot of cartoon work and stuff. So just uh, sound things. The sound. Yeah, things. sound, sound stuff. And um, so he does all, you know, all the final mixing and post production. So it sounds great, a. And he's the one that comes in and does all the recording at the live shows. Yeah. Um, and then for me, it's about trying to deal with everything else I don't want the comics to have to think about anything except for their jokes and the creative aspect of it which is perfect and actually I want to get back to that more after the break we'll be right back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto This is Kira Williams, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Seicento Quaranta. Right? Isn't that nice? And of course, brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. 
Your eyes can have it all at Hakeem Optical. Oh, beautiful. Nice. We didn't even practice that. No, we did not. That was completely organic. Uh, Tonight we're talking Howl and Roar, the comedy record label that is female-centric, more heavily female-skewed. And it's interesting, Kyle Brownrigg brought up a good point uh, during the break where, you know, we were trying to name earlier in the show, like, well, who's all the gay headlining comics, gay male headlining comics in Canada? And you really can only come up with, like, yeah, <laughs> like one handful of names, yeah. you know, and it's interesting. I feel like and maybe this was part of Howl and Roar as well. The same thing kind of still happens when you go like, let's say you're producing a show or you're trying to just book a bunch of female headliners. And then for some reason, people freeze up and go. I, uh, and then two names, even though there's so many. Yeah. But for just well, like regular but dude comics, it's like the I, whole list of names. I think there's a drought, right? Like a lot of the top amazing female comics are Mm -hmm. like we're not getting recognized here by the industry yeah so they've left so and then Mm -hmm. the ones that are here aren't necessarily like considered a headliner maybe or they're on their way to being a headliner so that's why they're kind of like this weird missing category but we exist yeah i I was like we exist and we're (laughs) very capable and honestly very good (laughs) i think the other thing is is that because women are viewed as a specialty act, yeah, especially by clubs and stuff like that, um, if they have a female headliner one week, they're like, okay, well, we can't have another one for like two months. Mm. And it, it, why? One of my favorite games to do is go on all the, <laughs> yeah. the club websites and see how many women they have in the next few months. And it's real crazy because it's like one. <laughs> yeah. It's like one and it's also like, like it's an amazing comic, but you're like, there's so many amazing, like, current, like, headliners in Canada coming up that are either Canadian that maybe have moved to the States that you could bring back yeah. that would sell out. Uh, so what's going on here? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Which is, what? in all honesty, what do you think, I mean, you couldn't, I guess you couldn't sit down and go, okay, we're going to open up a f- all-female acts comedy club. Well, you could. You could. But I even could... if you, if you let's say you took the same approach as the label, as Howl and Roar, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, we want to open up a new club, and we are going to be primarily booking women. We are going to be primarily booking female comics. What would be, like, a ma- there would be a huge backlash on that, I feel I like, don't... still, sure. right? You know? Sure. Uh, I mean, from the from comics. Yeah, yeah. From, exactly. Not from actual audience. There certainly wouldn't so be. So, here in Toronto, the last year, there was the White Guys Matter show. And, yeah. <laughs> and oh, um, yeah. the thing that was hilarious about and they're like, well, because we're being excluded from spaces. And it's like, <laughs> okay, we're just, can we just tell jokes for five minutes? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> the last time I went to a comedy club, a well-known comedy club here in Toronto, it was a Sunday night, mm-hmm. and every person on the show was a straight white male. Yeah. And that's not a specialty show. It was not their special White Guys Matter show. It was not a, it was just like, yeah, because this is most nights. You guys still get most nights. Yeah. And it was a regular show with a poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just a regular night. And so, again, I, look, I love straight dudes, right? Yeah. Come on. Uh, get unfortunately. On <laughs> unfortunately. But. But at the same time, it's just like all we're trying to do is change this perception that women aren't as funny as men mm-hmm. or that gay men aren't as funny as straight men or that because we're all funny. Or we don't a need gimmick. a specialty night. Gay men are, are a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. It's like or, it's a thing. Or yeah. that if you're a female, like, I don't know if you get this, but like people are like you do women comedy. So mm. it's just for other women. And I'm like, no, no, no. Everyone likes my comedy. Yeah. It's just like. I do tend to perform for heavily women audiences because honestly, like if I say a joke that's slightly against a man, um, 
that that like the like uproar from a man in the audience sometimes is so drastic where if a woman goes to a show and some guy goes on stage and is like all know, women are crazy yeah thank you because I was going to say something disgusting but I think like <laughs> it's almost it's almost like you just kind of because you'll you'll go crazy if you pay attention to what other comics are going to say about the stuff that you're doing I mean mm-hmm. it's all about now just kind of like putting something out there and tapping into this audience that comes out of the woodwork and goes, whoa, we never knew this was a thing. Well, no, that's because it wasn't a thing until five minutes ago. Like Crimson Wave, Natalie, is a great example of that. Thank I mean, you. you've been around Stop. for a few years. You built your own brand. You have your own regulars. You have sell out your own shows. Yeah. And it, that's a completely well, an audience that came to you that was like, this wasn't here before. We, well, we had to, right? Because yeah. uh, I was doing comedy and I wasn't getting booked and I don't, no, how Jess, I don't think Jess Beaulieu felt like she was getting booked. Yeah. And we wanted to create a space that was heavily women um, and that was creating comedy that was fun and that not, not necessarily like, uh, like exclusionary in the sense that like, you know, we have a rule, no rape jokes, which people mm-hmm. get really upset about. And the reason we have that is because comedy is supposed to ideally make you laugh. And when you're putting a joke like that out there, there's a good chance you could be that there's a lot of people in the audience that feel attacked by that but are afraid to say that. So we created a warm space that people could just enjoy and have a really good time and it's super fun. And like, listen, anyone who comes on usually has a great time doing it because there's such a warm room. Yeah, and actually I want to come back to something with that. We'll be right back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I do like Morgan Freeman. Hello. <laughs> this is Black Zeus, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Have a good day. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 640. Now you're just showing off. Now I'm just showing off. <laughs> Plus, people are going to like tune in and think this is Chin or something. Uh, we're talking Howl and Roar Records tonight. The comedy label, one of only literally three in Canada, and this one is female-centric, mm-hmm. female-skewed, which just did not exist until now. No. Alison Doerr, of course, is in studio with us. The Can mastermind I... behind Howl and Roar. Natalie did you Norman. just put up your hand? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's radio. You know, but I actually, I, want I don't get... want to interrupt everyone. <laughs> I do want to get back to something you were saying before the break, though, Natalie, like you were talking about when you guys started Crimson Wave, of course. Do you um, know the backlash we were? We faced. I totally remember that. I remember that even before you started even doing the live show when it was just the podcast. Yeah, people, people were, were losing their minds. Furious. Yeah. And it's just such a, it's it's now about five years later and it's just such a different atmosphere. Is mm-hmm. it much better? I don't honestly believe it is. I don't believe it is. Yeah. But um, it does feel nice that we have the support, like we're, our show's at Comedy Bar every Sunday and mm-hmm. we have endless support from Gary Rideout and all the staff and Jen from Comedy Bar, Fitzgerald, Jen Fitzgerald, they're yeah. All amazing and they support us in our room um and i feel really lucky to be doing the show well and that's the thing like it, it's it's always only other comics that complain about this stuff it's not audiences because audiences will go comedy bar is a great example of it comedy bar is a place where you can go seven nights a week there's four different things happening and you can just pick and choose whatever you want to see and that place literally only exists because of people trying out random new formats exactly and that's it so the audience comes to you it's it's not people sitting at home complaining going 
I don't want to see a show about that because they just won't go if it doesn't interest them, and that's it. It's comics that are like, and listen, this shouldn't exist. This is taking our jobs away. Yeah, which and, it doesn't. and listen, we got a lot of con- like a lot of com- like males, straight white comics get really upset. They want to do our show, mm-hmm. and I, and I'll be like, straight, up, no, this isn't for you. Yeah, and it's not because we don't like them necessarily as people. We just know that that particular comic isn't going to bode well in our room. Like, That's at not the same your audience, way, yeah. Yeah, at the same time, I'm a, like I'm producing something, yeah. and I want to make sure that my audience is taken care of and they really enjoy what they're having. And it's not a slight... Oh my like, gosh, I need to... Okay, I'm going to interrupt you for <laughs> yeah, one yeah, second go, go, go. because... Okay, so I'm producing a show called It Gets Bitter, February 7th, Comedy Bar 8 p.m. And, <laughs> nice. And um, yeah, because the people that I'm bringing, it's supposed to be a semi-LGBTQ show, and the reason why I call it semi is because it's like you are catering specifically to that audience, but then you also want to bring and people like allies and stuff like that to be like hey there's not garbage people like not all like you know cis straight white male comedians are garbage and some of them are allies and some of them are amazing and some of them are so great and let me show you some of them Mm -hmm. but it's like you have to also come with the preface to the audience that is going to be marginalized being like it's it's okay like just trust me like it's a safe space like it's going to be fine but it's the fact that we are in that kind of place where we kind of need to give people a heads up like it's cool if you come to this like you're not going to feel unsafe yeah yeah. yeah, and the thing that I think is hilarious of I've fought with so many comics because they they go there are no safe spaces in comedy and I've had to say to them you know the safe space is for the audience right yeah. and they think <laughs> it's the comics they're like I should be allowed to say what I want. and I'm like no no it's not about you it's about the audience yeah. because there are are a lot of people that don't want to go if they're gonna hear racist humor or if mm-hmm. they're and I'm not saying you can't do that yeah, and exactly. you can't make those topics funny but yes mm-hmm. some audiences want to know there's not going to be a rape joke because you know what I got raped I don't feel like it's funny I don't want to I'm afraid to be in that audience the safe space isn't for the comedian that's the thing and like there's always this this approach to it of like yeah but if you create a show like that then the rest of the shows are going to go away no they aren't there's still tons yeah. of stages where you could go talk about whatever and if they go away be. that's because you're not funny yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not every comic should know it's like the number one rule. Like you never blame the audience and there are bad audiences. There are bad nights. But your job as a comic is always to do your best to work with what you are given and to read the room and Mm -hmm. to act in the moment and go organically with that. No one's taken away these clubs where you can have whatever zero rules. It's just that there's also tons of room for new audiences and for these other shows to also exist, you know? There's room for all of it. And this there, stuff just wasn't there before. It's it's really sometimes it's I get this really weird reaction when I perform. Like last night I performed on a show and a comic was like, ah, finally, a comic who gets me. And I was like, there's other comics A like me, probably, like for sure. Yeah. But it was such an interesting reaction to pull that. And she's like, she's like, I want to go to so much more comedy now. Like Knowing that exists and seeing your representation, whether it be uh, the gay community or a fat Jewish woman, like whatever it is, like (laughs) we exist and like we're there. And that's also a problem is like there was half the population that I really felt wasn't being tapped. Like women, there wasn't being comedy for women. There was comedy that was for everyone, but that was really male centric comedy. And now we can also create comedy that is for women. And that's also okay. It's okay to not be a comic for everyone. And also audiences can, like, we've all done these shows, I'm sure, over the years where, you know, 
people are skittish. They go to one show and have one bad experience. It sticks with them. And all of a sudden yeah. their perception is that's what all that's comedy. Absolutely. You know, how many people you go to a show and no one wants to sit in the front row at this club because yeah. they got heckled one time by a comic and that's it to them. That's just stand up forever now. But like just as a side note, I have to say one thing that I heard when I moved to Toronto, I'm originally from Ottawa, gross. And whenever <laughs> I uh, like Ottawa, <laughs> I'm also whenever, from Ottawa yeah. and I agree with Kyle. <laughs> yes. Well, and, um, one thing that people were like, hey, just so you know, in the open mic scene, all the straight guys, all they talk about is their junk and mm -hmm. bodily functions. And I was like, what? That's insane. And then you go to all the open mics and all the straight guys, yeah. all they're talking about is their junk and bodily functions. Yeah. And I'm not even kidding. I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to be cheeky. I'm being 100% accurate. And then these are the same guys that are like, yeah, well, like, I can't even get a showcase at Yuck Yucks. Like, I, I'm not being booked at this club. I'm yeah. not performing here. It's like, it's because you're just talking about your junk and bodily functions. I mean, Stop listen. Stop talking about it. If you That's have, a great name for an album, by the way. It is, <laughs> yes. If you've got a tight seven about that, then go do it. But uh, we'll be right back with more inside <laughs> jokes right great, here on Global News Radio 640 <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> Hello, how are you? This is Irish comedian extraordinaire Fiona O'Brien and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tonight we're talking Howl and Roar, the female-centric comedy record label. And also we're getting into sort of why a label like this really, Alessandor, just needed to happen. Yeah. And did not exist until now. So for you, and, and we were getting in a little bit before the break about what, yeah, Natalie Nora, Natalie you has a thing again, to say. it's radio. You don't have to I, put your I'm trying to be like panda. polite and not like over talk people, I, but it's about how and roar. And I just, not only is it female centric mm -hmm. and um, like 20% LGBTQ basically, but I also want to point out that the, like not to throw shade. It's 20% Kyle. But yeah, 20% Kyle, but I don't want to throw <laughs> so much shade, but not only that, like some of the other labels uh, have two or three women on them yeah. out of a roster of 20 comedians. And you're like, okay. And then you're like, and it's kind of f***ed up. Like, yeah. there's, I just think there's so much amazing other, and I put us all in the mm -hmm. other category, talent. Like, and I think it's such a honestly profitable place to explore. Well, and so the, what's the, going on? Even the whole roster thing is weird to me. Like, let's say you and these clubs do exist. Let's say you have a comedy club in a city the size of Toronto and you have a roster of comics. So you just have the same dozen comics. So people just from now until the end of time could come out seven nights a week and you're just seeing that same rotation of people. Maybe they're they're doing new material every week, but like you're just being exposed it, to those same comics and that's it. Also, and even if they're doing new material every week, you're still it's just... never polished material. Yeah, no, true. Right. Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Yes, Great. that drives me crazy. Yeah, which is, that's why we have 7 million open mics is for that reason, you yeah. know, not to go and pay 20 bucks and go watch that happen in mm -hmm. front of you with a notebook. I you hate know? whenever comics say, whenever they're like, you know, not polished and they say, I know everybody does it, but like it's just like, oh my god, nails on a chalkboard is okay. What else? What oh else? yeah, no, you should yeah. never do that on stage. What else? Though. 
You should do that Especially in your head before show. you go on stage. Yeah. Oh. Especially in a paid show. Oh, I know. It's I like, s- oh, I know. come on, come with your best 10. If you don't know what you're doing, come with yeah. your best seven yeah. or 10. And if you don't have a best seven or 10, maybe don't do comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what no, we have. Maybe don't take paid gigs yet. We yeah. have open mics for a reason. You don't get, not, not to compare, you know, Canadian stand up with the Olympics, but you don't go to the Olympics and spend half of your moment doing stretches first. You know, yeah. like an audience well, that's maybe there. Where you come from? <laughs> yeah, an audience that's there and is paying. Like they don't want to see you scroll through your iPhone and be like, ah, okay, hold on, hold on, I yeah. have something. You know, that's not what that's for. That is for horrible bars at one in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> where you could do that in front of each other. I think and we're then go all home sad. thinking of the same bar. Okay, on three, <laughs> yeah. we all say it. One, two, three. All of them. <laughs> all of them. Uh, also, just a quick callback. Uh, let's stop the Ottawa hate that's no. going on in this room. <laughs> I'm not from Ottawa. I'm not from Ottawa, but I also agree. Gross. I delightfully (laughs) decline because until you have been in that suburban wasteland, you don't get to comment. Well, (laughs) no, I didn't. I see. I lived there for a few years, but I also I was like I was like 20 when I got there, and it was the first city I moved to outside of Thunder Bay. So to me, I was like, Oh my god, this is New York. You don't understand that it's still bad. Yes, it's it's bleak. It's beige. It was the big. You were in college, and you were like, Oh, free. Freedom and yeah, all that true. kind of stuff. So yeah. you have a romanticized view. You didn't yeah. stick it out. Yeah, no. that's true. Probably if I went there now, it would not feel the same. Well, I get a lot of people. They're like, hey, I'm in Ottawa for the weekend. What should I do? I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm like, you could go to the mall yeah. and walk. <laughs> like that's... <laughs> Do you like war? Yeah, exactly. Because there's a museum. <laughs> like it's if 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 you are raising a family and you have like a government job, like you are set because yeah, it's yeah. like they have a great uh, salaries and benefits and uh, you know RRSPs and tax free savings accounts and all those <laughs> maybe that's things. maybe that's why Ottawa has always been such a comedy factory. It's because you're just you come up in this like stifling boredom. You, and it breeds it all this is. funny. It, it is. is so a many great, great comics. City for comedy. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. 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 Clubs have been born there, but yeah. And how many like you know, well known some of our best Canadian comics were born and bred in Ottawa. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why. Because it's just like I need to get out of here. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that is why. Okay, you guys have changed my mind on that. I don't know. I did want to get into a little bit Al about so. You know, we talked about kind of why this happened and mm-hmm. what was sort of lacking to you, just giving a lot of people you admired a platform to go out and do this stuff. What are the actual nuts and bolts of like, okay, the, it goes from, you know, just an idea you're kind of bouncing around with your friends to actually coming to life. How the hell do you actually sit down and launch a comedy record label? Oh my God. You commit to things that then you have to deliver on. Yeah. So you yeah, have yeah. no choice. Uh, basically, I dove. The the idea snowballed and it just because originally it was going to be so small and quiet it wasn't even going to be a label I was just going to help people and then it kind of snowballed to a point where had I known what I was getting into I never would have done it <laughs> yeah all the time now I'm like why did I do this I'm in too deep I can't but it's been amazing and and it's been um, a great like you have to learn fast and you've got to, it's like okay I've got to figure this out because I have to deliver now yeah. I have these amazing people that are trusting me with their their words and their craft and so um basically it was like we picked a launch date we picked a show where okay we're launching when we record Kate's album and that that idea even came from 
you know, I have a lot of great connections I've met through radio. Mm-hmm. And so the publicist that I was working with, I wasn't going to launch until the first album was ready. And she was like, no, the story starts way before then. And so it's because of her we launched in September. Um, and and again, without Matt, who is this genius sound engineer, um, I would I'd be lost. Well, and I think that's interesting is talking about, yeah, that whole you you almost like kind of like build up the momentum and the hype for this and then you just have to put it out into the universe. And even for comics, like I'm sure for Natalie and Kyle, like for me, whenever I did my own stuff like that, it was the stress of I have to book a venue. I have to fill this place for four mm-hmm. shows and two nights. I have to get a film crew. I have to record. It has to sound good. I'm also going to go extremely broke doing this. Then I have to figure out how to get it played and how to put it out into the world mm-hmm. for comics like, like Natalie and Kyle. It's like, okay, I, all I have to do is just go out there and deliver my best stuff and just have a product that sounds good at the end of the day. And that's it. I and will. that was the case. I mean, <laughs> when we did the Ottawa show, that was like, I really was just focused on just the jokes and just the material. And it, that show was crazy. Natalie's a worrier. So I was going to say, I'm, a, I'm insane. Yeah, well, I'm not going <laughs> to. I have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> anxiety is good. Allison crazy. It's oh, good I was for nervous too, but like. <laughs> All right, we'll come back with more Howl and Roar right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. This is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Tonight we've been talking Howl and Roar, Canada's newest comedy record label, uh, and doing its own thing. Yeah. Entirely unique. Not just And not just for Canadian audiences, but it's all about a global audience too, right? I mean, this is just oh, stuff you want to put out for everyone. Our most recent album, Jillian English's Fart Monster, um, she's Australian-based. Yeah. And so that was also super fun trying to deal with Australian <laughs> companies from Canada to get her drop cards and stuff like that. Uh, it was magical. See, but it's almost like you pick each one of these sort of milestone recordings and then stress about it, but yeah. then get it done, be proud for five minutes, and then have to worry about the next thing, right? Yeah, I, I, my stomach hurts all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find these releases through Howl and Roar? HowlandRoarRecords.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Howl underscore Roar. And uh, we post about everything. So Fantastic. Allison Dora. And of course, Natalie Norman, where can we see you live? Oh my gosh. Every Sunday at Comedy Bar, uh, Crimson Wave Comedy, 930. Um, also, every Tuesday at a bar in the east end of Toronto called I'll Be Seeing You. That show is called See You Next Tuesday. Also, <laughs> February 11th, I start a new show at the Broadview Hotel. Yay! You're coming east. All right. And of course, Kyle Brownrigg, you've got one coming up at Comedy Bar. I am producing a semi-LGBTQ but mostly bitter comedy showcase called <laughs> It Gets Bitter at 8 p.m. February 7th with headliner Michelle Shaughnessy, one of the best in the country, and you better catch Absolutely. her. 
Um, and uh, if you don't, I hope your car flips over. <laughs> there we go. Prince Philip style. And now for this week's comedy listings. And don't forget to check out comedyrecords.com for the latest releases from all of Canada's top comedians. And if you're in Toronto, check out shows at Comedy Bar. Check out comedybar.ca for upcoming listings. And, of course, Yuck Yucks Comedy Clubs all across Canada from coast to coast. And, of course, you can follow us on Instagram at InsideJokes640 and on Twitter and Facebook at InsideJokes. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. Featuring Kyle Brownrigg. This is actually an amazing week for me. I'm celebrating. My boyfriend of three and a half years just proposed. Which, thank you guys so much. Thank you. I said no. No, I'm not engaged. That's gross. Uh, We broke up because somebody sent their boyfriend a naked photograph and then followed it up with, oops, wrong person. Yeah, not my finest moment. But the thing is... No, he wanted an open relationship, and I had parents who loved me. So that wasn't going to work. Hit up comedybar.ca and, of course, check out Howl and Roar for all the releases out now and coming up. That's been our show. Keep it tuned right here to Global News Radio 640 Toronto for the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. Bellotta.